Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today we have Tyla with us. Um, Tyla, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm Tyla. I'm 22 from the UK, and I am a autism, I like to say activist. Of all the words I can call myself, I think activist is the one that fits. Um, so yeah, I've just graduated from uni and I'm working on putting together, building a community with a platform where there's like adult in skills workshops and just stuff to help people transition from being essentially a kid to an adult. It's like no one freaking helps, but yeah, um, that's it really. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how old were you when you were diagnosed with autism? I was 17, I think. Yeah, 16 or 17 when I was diagnosed. Um, I'd been given like the label of having behavioral problems up until that point. Um, When I was 12 or 13, um, I was tested for dyslexia. Obviously, I had that. And then they didn't think to test for any comorbid conditions, which if they had done at that point, then I've realized that. I'm autistic because I've had, I battled with depression a lot as well as a child. And when you start putting together all these little things, it's like, well, maybe someone should have thought to test for autism as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what signs of autism did you notice before you were diagnosed? In myself, I actually didn't know anything about the condition before I was diagnosed. Like, I genuinely, like, I'd obviously had heard of it. Um, but I didn't know what it actually meant other than being awkward socially, which is like the stereotype. I didn't know anything. Looking back, I think I'd say um, I had a lot of difficulty making friends as a child. I didn't play like everyone else. I actually like, I remember this one time when I was in primary school and we were playing like, I think we were playing like, what's the time, Mr. Wolf or something. And it was my turn to have like, my girl was the person who turns around and these girls talking over me. And rather than just like joining their conversation or wait, I like took their heads and banged them together, which is obviously pretty ridiculous behavior for a child to do when she's playing with her friends. But looking back, like I didn't know how to communicate with them. I was getting frustrated because they weren't following the rules. Um, also, I used to hide under tables a lot in school. This is in like primary school. But then in secondary school, I used to hide in cupboards a lot. <laughs> so yeah, it was this like 14 year old child who would hide in cupboards and no one thought to see why is she doing this? Um, and then just dealing with anger. I've, you always used to find it really difficult to deal with anger. I was never really able to express when I was happy. Um, my mum always used to say like, I can't work you out. And I was like, well, that's, I, I didn't think anything of it, but now I realize it's all because I don't respond to things in the way a, neurodi- a neurotypical person would. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any meltdowns and how do you handle them? Uh, meltdowns, I used to have loads before. And this, this is what the, after I was diagnosed, I didn't really get any help. I didn't really read more into autism. I didn't really do anything with it. It was just, okay, now you know, and that was it. So I just carried on living like normal. Um, because at the time I was going through a like period of low mood, they, I had like a couple of sessions of CBT therapy. And then after that, I just thought 
anytime I was like drained or tired, it was because of either my sleeping pattern or just external factors. And I wasn't realizing that it was because I'm prone to melt down if I don't stop myself from burning out. Um, so now when I get meltdowns, it's quite severe because I'll, it'll, it'll just be like, there'll be a lot happening at the time. So I've just moved house. I think I've had about three new jobs in the past three months and I've not had, I don't think I've had a meltdown and on paper, you know, expect an autistic person to have a meltdown in those circumstances, but because I give myself the time when I'm starting to feel burnt out to recover and just essentially, I'd, I don't know, maybe what I would class a burnout, someone else would class a meltdown. I do like have explosions of either passion for something or desire to not be around people because like my job I have to go to work every day that's not really a choice and then I have to look essentially look out like there's no one else around to help me so I don't know if I'm out I don't know if I'm meltdown and still able to function or if it's just a burnout like where's the line all right yeah um what kind of medications have you taken and how did they affect you uh, I was offered medication, um, antidepressants, when I was diagnosed because they were treating my depression that I had at the time. But my, because of my age, my parents would have had to sign off on them and they refused. There's a bit of a stigma around, um, well, at the time, which was what, about how 22, 16, what's that like? Four, five, six years ago, um, my wider family weren't really welc welcoming of um like for someone's had mental health issues and it was a bit of taboo and it still kind of is in like the wider caribbean community but in general um yeah i wasn't having those tablets and there was a time i think about two or three years after my diagnosis so when i was 18 19 and i was struggling again it was just, I was constantly falling into low mood that I couldn't resolve myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the doctors and see what they've got to say. And again, all they had to offer me was um, antidepressants. But I didn't want to take them because of the side effects. And I didn't like the thought that I wouldn't know what I was, like I wouldn't be in control of what I was feeling. Um, I don't know if that that might just be something that people assume and it isn't true because I have not taken them before, but that's my perception of them. So for me, it it wasn't gonna work. Like I wanna be in, as in control as much as possible of my own emotions. And if I'm take, like, taking a tablet that changes that, even if it changes it for the better, then I'm not gonna know when things are going wrong. Cause I use depression as a bit of a signal to me to sort other areas of my life out, which I know you should have to get to that point to no issue need to sort your life out but when it happens it happens and things get fixed and i'm usually better on the other side of it um in terms of other medication i did used to take the it follow it through it's related i did used to take the pill like the birth control pill which again messes with the hormones which messes with your moods and you're not really in control of you're just not as natural as you could be so 
because I was battling with depression again when I started uni, which was probably due to the um, the changing environment, changing city, like everything, I decided to stop taking that. And after a year, I'd say I was generally a lot happier. Now, if I get upset or sad, it is just sadness. It's not depression. I do understand that I'm still susceptible to it, but it's been a lot less frequent than it was when I was on birth control. So I do think that had something to do with it. Huh, interesting. Um, <coughs> excuse me. What advice do you have for other autistic adults? Um... Uh, I don't, well, in terms of how to adult, not got a clue. <laughs> um, not something that I'm facing new challenges with, new obstacles every day. In terms of just getting by and just doing your life, uh, I think it would be, like, I think one of the ones would be not everyone has to like you in the same way that you don't like everyone. Not that I used to be a people pleaser, but just that I would get like confused and um, not offended, but just, yeah, I'd say confused if someone didn't like me for no apparent reason. And I came to realize that if someone doesn't want to like you, they won't like you, regardless of what you say, what you do. They're just, some people are just like that and they might have, they might, they might have some other reason as to why they don't like you. And if they come and tell you, then if it's something you want to work on, then work on it. But a lot of the times it will just be jealousy or maybe you make them feel like, uh, make them realize something in themselves that they don't like or just whatever it may be. If someone doesn't want to like you, they're not going to like you. And that doesn't have an impact on you. And in any case where you need, the respect or value of someone, then there's usually some sort of structure in place or there's usually a way for you to get what you need without them. Um, and another thing, I think it would just be to like harness the skills that like being autistic actually gives you. Cause like I've become to be very comfortable being uncomfortable. And I've noticed that in comparison to like my friends, you know how, well, I don't know if other autistic people do it, but when you just say something before filtering yourself, um, or like act first, think after, in terms of like being in some workplaces and using your initiative, that works really well in terms of just taking on new challenges and new things and testing out things in life, like just act first, think after. Because nine times out of 10, whatever you do, you can sort out or resolve or just like fix if it if it messes up you can fix it so there's that and just put put yourself first <laughs> that's one of the big things I'm working on at the minute um at the end of the day if i go out there and i'm this super supportive friend who's there for all of my friends all the time and I constantly live my life for them. I end up burnt out. I end up having meltdowns and I end up left trying to pick up the pieces of myself. And it's a lot harder for them help, to help me than it is for me to help them because they don't understand me. Like they're all neurotypical. 
So to try and it, it, we end up in this space where I can't explain the help I need from them and they can't use their own initiative or past experience to help me because they've never dealt with someone who is like me. So you just got to remember to, at the end of the day, the only person who's there to look after you is you. So make sure you're right before you try and help anyone else. Right. That's good advice. Um, what made you start your blog? Uh, so yeah, as I mentioned, I was, yeah, so I was like, I didn't really do anything with my diagnosis once I got it and then powered through uni, had loads and loads of problems, took four years to a three year course, blah, like all that. And in the, coming towards the end of my last year, when I started looking for jobs and like doing my dissertation, revising for exams and I used to be an event manager so I was managing like two events at the time and I was just constantly feeling this not numbness but just I, I was I was just not that I, I wasn't even floating by I just can't explain how I was feeling it was just a um it wasn't even a negative emotion it was just something was off Something wasn't right, and I then realised that it was because I was constantly having burnouts. Like, but it was one good day, one bad day, and then I'd recover, and then it'd be a good day, maybe two good days, and then I'd get my life all the way back together, and then it'd fall to pieces again. Um, and I was just constantly in this uh, cycle, and then I realised that it was because. I was autistic, like there were like I was having strange relationships with people, couldn't communicate with those closest to me, wanted to shut my friends out. I did at one point as well. And it was just all all kind of like went really badly, to not swear. Um so then I was like, right, there must be other people. Like this at first I looked for help because I was like, it's it's not straightforward for autistic people to find jobs. I I don't know what accommodations I'm most likely to need in a workplace because the work, the jobs I'd had in the past were pretty flexible and I kind of set my own, not set my own rules, but as long as I got the job done, they didn't really care how. And then I also needed to find a place to live. And I was like, well, how do you even find a landlord? How do you even know they're right? Da, da, da. All these questions. And there was just no place to go for help that was tailored for an autistic person. And I was like, well, then how does anyone adult with autism? So then that's kind of how the name came about. Um, and I started blogging. I had another blog before the one that's currently just under my name. Um, and I made a couple of posts. My first post was about just an introductory post about my mental health in the past and my autism diagnosis. The second one was about how saying, oh, you don't look autistic isn't a compliment um because my audience at the time was mostly like my wider network at university who were all majority majority neurotypical so then uh kind of fell off with that blog i did a couple of other posts but nothing of major interest and started using instagram more uh posting there when i could and after that i decided that there's no one putting on these workshops. There's no one making the tailored advice. And what is out there in the UK at least 
is provided on a national level, on a local level, it's lacking. And it's also either done by neurotypical people to help autistic people. It's like me, I, I, like A for effort, but it's not going to work. Like, that's just not how, that's not how we do things. And they're not willing to listen. Like they just, it's like they want to be seen to be doing good rather than actually do good. And then when anything that I've come across, like the support groups and stuff, there's, there's no one there who looks like me. And race aside, there's no one there who's my age. There's no one there who's like from my background. There's no one there who wants the same thing as I do. No one there with the interests that I have. And fair enough, they don't have to have all of those, but like two or three of them would be great. So I don't know whether it's because the group's not big enough so that there's the chance of that person being there or whether that's just not the group for me. So that's why I'm working to build this community um, in the hopes of bringing people together who have who can relate to each other um, and help each other and then eventually get the help of professionals to... Uh, well yeah help us i'm thinking on like all the adult in skills type things you need to do from like budgeting to cv tips to uh, like new diet and nutrition exercise just like the bog standard stuff that we're all expected and assumed to know but really no one does so everyone's just out here struggling right um where can people find your blog uh, my blog is adultinwithautism.org and my Instagram is also adulting with autism. And there is a adulting with autism Facebook group. Uh, and then that's it really. My personal Twitter is pretty, it's just full of rubbish at the minute, but you can follow me there. It's T-Y-L-G-R-N-T. Okay. Um, are you employed? And if so, how hard is it to keep a job? Uh, I am employed at the minute. It's pretty much <laughs> a bit of a fun, well, not even funny, a bit of a tragic story, really. Um, when I graduated, I went straight into a um, job in finance. So I was an account accounts assistant, um, and I was supposed to be training to become an accountant with the firm that I was at. Well, it was a company because um, I worked in industry, but there was an issue with just me in that place, like I don't do well with nine, five working hours. Um, and the way that my bus got to work, I either got there at like five past nine or quarter to nine. And if I got there at quarter to, I'm not starting work till nine because I'm not being paid to work. So I'd sit there on my phone and there'd be disagreements about that. Um, there was also, I hadn't actually told them I was autistic. So I didn't have any accommodations made in the office, which to be fair in the office, I didn't really need because you're allowed to listen to music anyway. And that's all I really tend to do. The only other accommodation would have been flexi time, but they don't like welcome it there. So that wouldn't have happened. Um, what else? Oh, job story. That's what we're on about. So yeah, um, I actually didn't like the role. It was just not meant for me. I thought I'd always wanted to be accountant. Turns out I didn't. So after about two weeks there, I started looking for another job and found one i then left uh, after a month trained to become a barista at this uh, dessert bar i told my boss like from the beginning in the interview she asked me to be a team leader and i just applied for a team member role i was like yeah that's totally fine but you have to understand i'm autistic so people might not warm to me in the way that you'd expect and i'll come across as rude when i genuinely don't mean to be because i'm very direct and she was like oh no it's fine if it happens i'll like flag you on it um 
and I do want you to be a team leader. So I spent about three weeks working there, training, and then there was I was late a couple of times. Again, not my fault. Well, obviously it was my fault to some degree, but in general, like I, I'm not that I'm going to be late because I'm autistic, but don't be surprised when I'm late and don't think it's because I want to be. Genuinely, the morning just like went out of my control. So, so, so it felt like. Um, and then there was apparently a shift in my attitude, which there was, but that was only because she told me she wanted to be the team leader and then was hiring an assistant manager. And with the size of the team, to me, that felt like I wasn't going to have the role and responsibilities I'd anticipated working there. So I was trying to get it right in my head, how she saw me, what value I brought to her business. And then I just decided that it's cool because in that time I hadn't really done much on adulting with autism and that was my passion project. And I didn't spend any time on it because I thought, you know what, it's all right. I'll just give my all into coffee. I got proper into it, learning how to like set the grind, pour latte art and all this stuff. That was, I'd put my own, I guess you'd say special interest down and started investing into her business to make her company better because long-term I saw myself being there and being able to, I don't know, eventually like run the shop when she's not in and stuff like that. And the more effort and time I put into that, the better. But then when she said that I'm not going to be, well, she didn't say I wasn't going to be team leader, but when I perceived I didn't provide the value to her that she wanted, I decided to shift my focus back onto adults with autism, which meant I was given minimal, um, energy and I was just doing my job I wasn't going above and beyond anymore and she didn't really like that but I then explained to her that I only have a limited amount of energy within a day as everyone does but for me to go be going home burnt out and stressed every day means I can't work on what I want to which means I have to give you the minimum so that I can give myself what I want and need long story short I got sacked um and now I'm a data analyst back at a place that I used to work for when I was at college and it's great i love it my team's amazing um it's flexi time you're allowed to listen to like headphones and listen to music so i can like block out office distractions um how hard was it to find the job yeah it was hard. i had a horrible month uh between getting sacked and being at this new job because i just wasn't getting anywhere with the applications i've got no experiences experience in the industry i want to work in which is social media um, obviously, I, I am online, but I don't have any paid experience. And the platform and community I've got at the minute isn't convincing enough for someone to take a risk on me to hire me. So if anyone's listening wants to go follow me and help me out, that'd be great. But um, beyond that, yeah, um, I'm just in this office at the minute. Yeah. Um, so you have a YouTube channel. How did you how do you come up with ideas for your YouTube channel? The whole thing with YouTube, I forgot I do that actually because I've not posted it in quite a while, but I'm working on a video at the minute. Um, so I like lifestyle design. And so within that, for me, I like I to be quite minimal, conscious with my consumption. And everyone in that space on YouTube that I've come across is neurotypical. And I was like, well, why? Like, the, there are there are differences, not major differences, um, but some differences in between how, like, other minimalists and other people who are into productivity and time management do things, into how 
autistic people would do things or how I do things as an autistic person. And I just wanted to add another voice to the conversation. And given that I am different to everyone else out there, hopefully there are people who could find value in what I put out and that would watch my videos. So in terms of getting ideas, at the minute I tend to trend track to be honest so videos that the bigger creators have been making i'll think oh how does that apply to me and if i made that video what would i have done and then usually within that i'll just make my own version of my own video or if i'm on instagram and like i keep getting asked the same questions and the caption response isn't enough then i'll record a video on something but I genuinely just wanted to be the YouTuber that I wish I'd saw when I was growing up. So like if I'd seen an autistic YouTuber who was just like a lifestyle YouTuber, wasn't making content about what autism is, because that's what I seem to have found that most autistic content creators do. And like, it's great. It's so educational for those who want it. And obviously there's an audience for it and I applaud them for doing it. For me, I'm in the, I'm at the place now where I know enough about my condition and I just want to live my life but I'm at the point where I don't know how to live life with, like, I don't know how to live life being autistic because no one really tells you watch out for that or do that this way or maybe don't say that, say this instead. So that's the type of content that I want to create um, and hope to make like like, e-courses on and then hold the workshops on as well awesome so it's just general lifestyle content like it's nothing it's nothing special in that sense it's nothing out of the ordinary but it's ordinary for me because it's my life but it's extraordinary for online because no one really shows that like you get so many mum and dad vloggers and family vloggers showing their kids with autism but where are the adults and the adults are making content explaining autism but not showing the life side of their life right right so that would be good for you to to show that yeah. Um, yeah. I applaud you for, for making a YouTube channel. That's awesome. Um, what equipment do you use to keep up with your YouTube channel? Um, I have the... Uh, what's my camera called? I have the Sony RX100 Mark III. Um, and I've got an old iPhone that I use as the remote for that. Um, obviously, I've got a tripod. I think I've got about three tripods at the minute. One's a big one, one's like a gorilla pod, but it's broke. <laughs> and a little tabletop tripod. Then I also use my lighting setup's actually kind of funny. It's just two work lights and I've got a white table, so I stand that on its side and just reflect the light off that. And then I've just got some diffusers today that I've not used yet. But beyond that, my setup's pretty minimal. Um before I got the camera that I have now, I just used my phone because there are, like, I made about six or seven YouTube videos that aren't listed on my channel while I was at uni just to get into the routine of talking to the camera, which I'm still not great at. I still don't make eye contact with it. But what do you expect? I'm autistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously, like, the more I spend on YouTube, the less I have to live with because it's a pretty expensive hobby. And, terms of equipment but oh I also have an external hard drive but that's it um yeah so I spent in terms of the equipment if I were to upgrade I'd probably get the um what's the camera on oh yeah Sony 87 
No, A6400, that's the one I want. Um, but I'm not there yet. I'm not making enough content yet. I'm not editing with what I've got. I want to be able to muster what I have and then upgrade. Right, right. Um, do you have any advice for other girls on the spectrum? Um, specific to being a female, I guess it'd just be the... Not, no, no, nothing nothing wild I guess that the advice I gave for being an adult before like I guess girls are kind of catty in general in life like so one thing I'd say would be like the own like that's this one um if someone so I'm six foot one which is pretty tall <laughs> and I don't look like my friends, don't act like my friends. And I always used to get, not called out, but just like pointed out. And people would say things that I just didn't like, weren't nice things to say. Um, or they think they're giving me a compliment, but it was definitely a backhanded compliment. But when people do things like that, the only way, the, right, words are just words. Like the only way they can make you feel bad is if you interpret them and let them make you feel bad. At the end of the day, anyone who's going to say anything to you is lit. Or, uh, anyone who's going to say anything to you about you is giving their opinion on you, and everyone's got a friggin' opinion. Doesn't mean any of them are true. Mm -hmm. As long as you know that you're acting with the right intentions, you're not going out to hurt anyone. You, if you think you're a decent person, like genuinely, then just ignore what everyone else has to say. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we close? Um, no, that's it, I think. Just that. Just just keep going. That's it. Everyone, just keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Or maybe look at what you're doing, and if it needs to change, change it. Like, you are not beyond making your life better if you're not happy with something that's going on a lot of things that happen are within your control so look at what's what's look at what you've got around you that you're able to change and change it one place that i always like to start when i'm having a bit of a moment is my immediate my physical space so whether it be making my bed or tidying up my room or maybe like having a shower um going like and then beyond like health beyond hygiene also looking at health so like maybe stretch or go for a run um just any domain of competence that you have master it that's okay. it yeah yeah that's really great um well thank you so much for being on the show tyla no no worries thanks for having me on yeah thank you now for some announcements um, the winners for the, the Fidget and Bite Saber giveaway were Jack Waith on Instagram and My Autistic Purple World on Instagram as well. So congratulations on those, and we'll be asking you for your address pretty soon, and we'll get those to you as soon as we can. Okay, that's it for this episode. Until next time.